Danny Jacobs versus Sergey Dervinchenko. Post-fight thoughts. Dun dun dun. Hey guys, Fight Junkie here. Before we jump into this next episode, as usual, I want to remind you guys, you can hit me up on Twitter at FightJunkie.com, listen to me on Anchor.fm, and of course, subscribe to the YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash FightJunkie2006. So we had Jacobs eking out a majority decision against Sergey. I personally thought that Jacobs was the clear winner. That's not to say the fight wasn't competitive, but I believe he was the clear winner. Uh, the judges' scorecards were 115, 112 twice for Jacobs and uh, unexplainable 14, 13, Sergey. I just don't see that score. That's Julie Letterman, who I'm not a huge fan of. What's ironic is her dad is Harold Letterman, who is the unofficial ringside scorer for HBO, who had it wide, 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 wide for Danny Jacobs. Um, I don't see the 14-13 simply because when you're looking at the fight, you're looking at the rounds, and then you include the knockdown, I don't see how you do it. I personally thought it was an 8-4 type of fight for Jacobs. When the fight was over, I had no doubt in my mind he was going to win, and the first card they read is 14-13 Sergey, and I'm like, what is going on here? When you factor in the knockdown, if you're looking at an 8-4 type of fight, and we'll even go 7-5, because I know there's a lot of people who said 7-5 Jacobs, and I'm fine with that. You guys know usually I won't argue around, because it's very, very difficult to argue around when you're talking about a 12-round fight, especially at this level, especially the way the rounds were contested. I'm not going to argue somebody says 7-5. So even if you go 7-5, you've got the knockdown in there. That's a 10-8 round. And I'll do you one even better. Let's go 6-6. Six, six. Danny Jacobs still wins based off the knockdown. So to go 14-13, even if you go 7-5, Sergey, with the knockdown, I believe we're looking at a draw there. You're going way, way, way too far to give Sergey this fight. And I believe that's what she did. Like you were literally giving him every single benefit of the doubt to give him even a one-point win at 14-13. I don't see it. I don't believe he came that close to winning. In all honesty, like I said, 8-4, to four, I'll give you 7-5. to five, But we're just talking rounds here. When, you, when you're adding the 10-8 10, round in there, that gives Jacobs two more points, right? So he gets the 10-point uh, round, and Sergey gets the 8-point round. And that was the very first round. That's a two-point difference. So I believe that uh, Danny Jacobs was the clear winner. I know a lot of people believe he won. They think it was close, probably again in that 7-5 to five area. But I'm not going to be one of those type of people that say, uh, the right guy won and just leave it at that. I call a spade a spade and I think it was a bad scorecard. I'm not going to say it's just, you know, the most ridiculous card I've ever seen in my life. But what I'm saying is you are going out of your way to give Sergey every possible benefit of the doubt to give him rounds against Danny. Um, you may take issue with Harold's card and I'll tell you exactly what I thought Harold was looking at. He was looking at the subtleties that Danny was doing that in all honesty, most judges do not look at, especially when you're talking about defense. If you don't believe me, go back and look at the Canelo Mayweather fight. A fool actually scored that a draw for Canelo. 
So that tells you most judges, they don't even know what the hell they're looking at. I'm sorry, they just don't. Like I said, inept or corrupt, something's going on there. And I'm going to say the same thing with Letterman as far as what she was watching in this fight. Simply because you're just giving the guy going forward the rounds. There's no other way she could have been doing it. But giving the rounds to Sergey because he was going forward. Because if you look at the round, each round, and the way they were fought... Jacobs was doing very, very well with his defense. It's one of the things we mentioned going into this fight was Sergey likes to use the muff and he's either on or he's off. So he's either on offense or he's on defense. And when he's on offense, he's good. We said that going in. He's far, far better on offense than he is on defense because he completely shuts everything off when he's on defense to defend when he's on offense he's thrown in combinations and so it does look nice when he's on offense but then you got to look at what the other guy's doing as well Jacobs wasn't muffing up just taking all the punches he was slipping and rolling and then he would come back with his own counter punches whether it's to the body or right hand to the face whatever it was he would spin out and he would make Sergey reset that's exactly what you're supposed to do you're supposed to be able to kind of use that aggression against them you make them miss, make them pay, and get out of there and reset and do it all over again. And I thought Jacobs did that very well for most of the rounds. Now, is that to say Sergey didn't win any rounds? Of course not. I already told you I had an 8-4 type of fight and won't argue 7-5. That's already five rounds right there. It's just when you're talking about the scoring and Jacobs with the knockdown, that obviously gives him an advantage. But Sergey did well in some of those rounds as well. And the, the rounds that he won, in my opinion, we're basically one off of volume, basically one off of his offense and Danny doing too much defense. What was too much defense? Well, that's simply the same thing. He would roll with the punches. He would take a lot of the oomph off the punches. He wouldn't get necessarily hit clean with the punches, but he would just be too defensive. He would make his defensive moves and then not come back with those counter punches we talked about, the body shots, the right hands, the left hooks. He wouldn't do that. He would spin out and just stay on defense. And those were the rounds I thought Sergey won. I thought it was pretty... Uh, obvious what rounds were what as far as who was doing better like of course there's competitive and close rounds but that doesn't always mean you're not going to get a lopsided scoring at the end of the fight like they mentioned on the broadcast if a guy wins you know nine rounds 10-9 10-9 it's gonna be lopsided even though the rounds are competitive he just happens to be doing that much more in each round consistently to win wide on the scorecards and a lot of people have a problem connecting those two like wait a minute this round was competitive it was close a close round still is being won by somebody so even though the round was close even though the round was competitive somebody still won the round and i believe those rounds mainly went to jacobs now with that said we also mentioned in the previous uh, podcast, the Fight Prediction Podcast, which, by the way, if you want to listen to, go back and listen to what I said. If you're listening to this on YouTube, just click that icon in the upper right corner and it will link back to that podcast. We also mentioned heading into this fight that Jacobs looks vulnerable in certain spots to me. And I thought this was another fight where he looked vulnerable in certain spots. To me, it wasn't so much his chin. I thought that held up well because of his defense. He really didn't get hit solid, clean, hard, crackerjack much in the fight. 
but you saw where he shut his offense off and he had mentioned a little blurb after the fight where he said Sergey gassed him which is interesting because if you watch the fight Roy Jones Roy Jones pointed it out very quickly early in the fight that Sergey takes these really deep crazy breaths all the time and I saw this in previous fights when he had fought but he doesn't usually go a lot of rounds I don't know if it's a breathing technique if it's something he does on purpose if he was gassed because it looked like from the second round third round fourth round fifth round this guy was huffing for air but he really fought consistently the same so I don't know if this is some technique he uses because it certainly didn't look like he just totally faded and had nothing left Jacobs did do a lot of good body shots but again Sergey early on was breathing pretty much the same way he was late in the fight so I thought that was interesting because HBO kept pointing it out I'm sure everybody that watched it saw it it's very obvious with these deep breaths but it was Danny who said after the fight yeah he gassed me out and I think you saw that when he shut his offense off he was still defensively sound he was still dressed down in defense the way he's supposed to he still wasn't getting bombarded with bombs but he was losing based off the activity of Sergey if you let the guy just walk you down and throw nothing on him he's going to throw three four five punch combinations and if you guys got a chance to watch the entire fight you can even see his corner screaming at him telling him five 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 they wanted five punches because that's the way he does it when he's on he's throwing these multiple combinations up and down all over the place you know walking you down breaking you down and he didn't do that consistently <clears throat> throughout the whole fight simply because uh, Danny was putting heat on him. And those body shots were amazing. And also Danny's defense was very, very good. So Sergey would start to throw and Danny would be gone. He would make a miss counter and be out of there so Sergey had to reset all the time and that's why he couldn't get his offense off once Danny stopped throwing once he slowed down once he gassed once he went pure defense Sergey didn't have to worry about anything even when Danny made the defensive move Sergey could keep throwing because nothing was coming back and I thought those rounds were pretty clear for Sergey but overall I thought it was a a good performance for Jacobs as far as, you know, winning the fight. And I thought as far as the scoring goes, again, an 8-4-7 type of fight. I thought it was a clear win, albeit a close competitive type of fight. It's kind of what we expected. Again, there's a few question marks going in about Sergey. When he got dropped in the first round, I thought, hey, wait a minute. Was I on to something? Because I had mentioned, we don't know if Sergey can fight on this world-class level. We don't know if he could take a world-class punch. And when he went down in the first round, I was like, damn, I may have called this perfectly. And then all of a sudden, uh, it, it went back to a competitive match, kind of like they've sparred 300 rounds. What do you expect? And, you know, it was Evan Flow, and they ended up going the distance, and Danny ended up winning. I think for the bigger picture, uh, Jacobs is obviously going to be right there with everybody. And I think you could say Sergey probably is as well. I don't think there were many people that had Sergey winning. Don't get it twisted. I certainly didn't. And Julie Letterman's out of her mind for having him win win that fight, especially when you look at how it played out and then add in the knockdown. But I think they're still going to say he's right up there. He only had, I believe it was 12 fights coming into this, 12 pro fights. Granted, he had the 300 amateur fights, but sometimes you can separate those two because a lot of times, I believe, depending on the type of fighter, where they fought, 
how they've trained, those can be almost two separate sports. A lot of times you can have an amateur style and then you can have a pro style. You hear that all the time. That's why sometimes fighters aren't, aren't very good in the amateurs, but they turn out to be good pros simply because of the way their scoring used to be with the computerized scoring and the way that the referees are always really quick to be in there and protect fighters. It's just, it just can look like a different sport at times. But I think these two are right there. Of course, Jacobs, because he won the title. Um, of course, he's got the history with G. He called out Canelo. So those are huge, huge fights. I don't see Canelo avoiding Danny, especially he's going to fight Rocky Fielding, and then he'll probably be back down to 160 pounds. I think Danny's certainly right up there. He's got a title. That's probably going to look intriguing to Canelo. Again, he looks vulnerable at times, and I would think that Canelo's team thinks that they would be able to do enough to get by Danny. Sergey, I don't know as far as like a Canelo fight. I don't personally probably see that right now. He's probably going to have to get back in line a little bit and and get a couple really solid wins under his belt simply because he does bring enough talent and skill to be dangerous. And then you've got to ask yourself, what's the upside here, especially if he doesn't have a title? Now, if he would have got that title last night, then certainly he would have been in the mix because people would have been forced to fight him for the title. Again, even Danny Jacobs said G-ducked Sergey. I don't see it simply because I believe uh, G is a better version of Sergey. And I think you saw that last night. I think there's things that G would do to Sergey that would just brutalize him. Uh, just even, even at this stage of the game, Sergey is good. He's got... Um, nice technique when he throws and stuff but he does have holes in his game and I guess every fighter has holes in his game but when you're talking I mean even a Danny Jacobs to Triple G there, there there's a bit of a step there that Sergey proved he couldn't handle Jacobs at this stage it was close I think he was neck and neck with him for a little bit there but ultimately he faltered and didn't get the win so I think it's kind of foolish to say a guy like G would duck him if you want to say duck him as far as like being scared of him him I'm gonna lose to him I would say you're foolish if it's duck him as far as business wise goes then of course that's certainly possible I just don't call that ducking I mean if the numbers don't line up if the risk versus reward doesn't make sense then of course especially at that time G had many many other options to go to and he was gonna take those options personally I understand that because boxers only have uh, you know uh, a small amount of time for their careers especially when you're talking big money so if Sergey didn't bring a title to the game he didn't bring big money to the match he wasn't a big name a lot of people didn't know who he was he only had what 12 fights going into Jacob so what were they talking maybe eight nine ten fights at that time so he, I don't think that you can really slap G around for saying oh you didn't fight Sergey when nobody even knew who Sergey was a lot of people probably would have bitched that he fought Sergey now the hardcores are out there screaming I know who he is I know who he is. yeah but the market isn't always dictated by you we don't always get what we want there's a bigger picture that's called business and doing numbers as you can see with HBO folding up the tent 
and the way the streaming game and maybe pay-per-view would be changing in the future. So there's a lot more to it than just what us fans think of. Oh, you should be fighting the number one contender, the number two contender, the number three contender, the number four contender, the number five, then back to the number one, the number two, number three. That that sounds great on paper, but that you you all know that's not how it works in real life. And I think G has proven throughout his career. I mean, there's been things about him saying, oh, he should move up to 68 and he cleaned out 60 and he didn't want to fight him this that and the other but he fought everybody they put in front of him it probably just wasn't the right time for sergey and remember i put canelo to beat um triple g both times so it's not like i'm riding triple g like oh he's you know the best thing since sliced bread i'm just saying i understand the business aspect of it that you can't always put things together unless both parties are bringing something to the table a perfect example is canelo rocky why is he fighting rocky and moving up it's the title do you guys really think he would be fighting rocky moving up to 168 pounds if rocky didn't have that title of course not the, the risk versus reward, there's nothing for him to gain. It's just another win. But with the title, now we're talking multiple divisions, moved up from 60, just beat G, moves up to 68, beats Rocky, takes the title, probably comes back down to 60. Who knows? Maybe he fights G again. Maybe we, Danny Jacobs. These are things that he... Are, are things that he can hang his hat on that he can say hey i i won the belt at 68 i won the belt at 54 i won the belt at 60. if if rocky didn't have that uh, that belt there's no way he would be fighting him so i think everybody everybody needs to chill a little bit with the g ducked sergey thing because i'm just not buying it so let me know what you guys thought about the fight did you have jacobs winning if you did what was your score or as far as like rounds go eight four seven five six six the knockdown gives him the win or did you somehow possibly see sergey winning the fight that's it for this episode of fight junkie i will sock it to you tomorrow baby fight junkie out